0: Hey everybody, it's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder of CinemaDraft, LLC, and BlacksonBitcoin.com, where I stay black and loving Bitcoin. For those of you watching on YouTube, you're not going to see this mug today. It's not a camera-friendly day for the kid, but I do have a few things I want to go over in the this somewhat abbreviated podcast, just some stuff that's come up over the last week or so, which I've been thinking about. Number one of which would be this. This is really what had me get on podcast because, quite honestly, I think this is a concept whose time has come. So for those of you listening, I'm on an article which describes how the Pirate Bay which is world-renowned for pirating music and videos and media, and what have you, their business model has somewhat changed so that when you visit the Pirate Bay, they now tell you that there is an in-browser Monero mining software, which is going to be running while you're visiting their site. And to be honest with you, I think it's kind of brilliant. I've been saying this for a while. And I mentioned this to some of my friends who work in media, some people who are decision makers in on some middle management levels in media, about how one way, actually quite honestly, a way to overhaul the clickbaity ad revenue-based model of online media today would be to incorporate some of these in-browser mining tools. You see them in app stores all over the place. Bitcoin miners, Monero miners, Ethereum miners that, granted, can slow down people's computers a tad, but if I'm a content consumer and I don't wanna pay or I've gotten used to a culture of not paying for online content, I think this is brilliant. I think this is the way forward. Think about it. And, And honestly, if I were any of these sites, any of these sites where the content is king, you're trying to figure out a revenue model which doesn't alienate users and can still attract professional writing and journalistic talent. I would seriously look into this. And as an incentive for visitors to your site, why not break them off something? But imagine this let's say, let's say you're, I don't know, Bloomberg News, right? You get people coming to your site to see the latest whatever, and a lot of times though, maybe you have a paywall set up for some of your best content, or maybe you get a certain number of articles a month, somewhat like New York Times, right? Imagine if just through the sheer amount of people who come to the site, maybe you have to click in to opt in to allow, you to allow them to use your browser, right? And let's say you you opt in and let's say they get, I don't know, maybe 100, 200,000 know, people a month doing this, clicking in, opting in, allowing them to use their browser. You're able to mine just a ton of Monero, Bitcoin, whatever it is you want to mine. Monero, is, in this case, is appropriate for Pirate Bay only because it's a way of obfuscating the trails of payment. So, for So if you're already, I mean, it's not quite, dark web type stuff per se, but you know, you want to keep your your money anonymous. You use Monero, you use Dash, you use some of these other privacy coins. But but let's say let's say let's say they want to do Bitcoin. Bitcoin's you know, easy to understand and it's trackable, traceable. Maybe it's the best legal way moving forward for a site like the New York Times, right? I mean can you imagine if let's say the New York Times just threw this this mining operation using a little bit of your computer processing power over, say, 200,000 people. Let's say they're able to raise. Let's say they're able to mine. Oh, I don't know, maybe 35 Bitcoin a month. With Bitcoin at what? 6,200 today. 217,000. $217, dollars past week. That's not a bad start. And honestly, I, I honestly don't know how much you can actually generate from this. I'm not even sure if the article. Says how much you can generate off of this. It really does not say, but I would I would be surprised. You saw something in the range of thirty five to fifty, even a hundred Bitcoin, and then you're talking about half a million a month if you're doing a hundred Bitcoin through this mining through just sheer traffic, which is six hundred twenty thousand dollars a month. And then let's say, let's say just as a thank you for using up your, part of your processing power, the New York Times kicks back, oh I don't know, 10%, right? So 62,000 back to the people who are using the site. So not only are you visiting the site getting your information, but you're also getting a kickback for being a loyal trafficker or or user or whatever. And for using up some of your processing power, they're still left with over half a million a month. and spreading out 62,000 among I don't know maybe a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand people. Let's do some math. Eh, Thirty-one cents, you know. But at least it's like a courtesy. At least they're thanking you for for using, for being able to use your processing power. I honestly don't see how any of this is is would be bad. Now in this model that Pirate Bay is doing, they're keeping the profits one hundred percent and you know, there's something to be said for that as well, and you may not even need to reward people coming to your site, but I look at it as like, kind of like when, like a loyalty rewards card, right? If you're a loyal, frequent flyer on the New York Times, and they decide to kick you back some money that they're making from mining off of your processing power, it's, it's almost like getting cash back, like your Discover card. What is it, 2%, 1%, whatever, a month cash back? Same model. I don't understand why every media publisher isn't using this already. It's too much like right, and I can't be the only person who's thought of this before. But what do I know? i out here banging around the internet. So anyways, look out for more and more media sites who are trying to figure out a way to monetize their content without alienating their readers through clickbait titles or through clickbait headlines or through excessive in-browser ads, or what's even worse, mobile ads. God, those are the, the absolute worst. Just just mine just mine off my phone, just mine off my browser. I, I would definitely prefer that over anything else, especially if there's a little bit of a loyalty kickback. Uh, what else? The other thing I want to talk about real quick is Pink Date. I'm, as you know, I'm fascinated by the Pink Date story. For those of you who are unfamiliar, they are probably gonna be the world's first blockchain-based anonymized company that specializes in escort services and essentially backend services in CRM. They're providing escorts, all the tools, essentially a Microsoft Office based on the blockchain for escorts or actually, or even better yet, Salesforce for escorts on the blockchain. Uh, and when I say anonymized company, I mean that the true identities of the of the employees are unknown. I believe it's' a, a distributed team, and they're doing that because they want to be extrajudicial, judi- as you may well know, places like the United States where I live has some fairly archaic laws when it comes to uh, sex work. and and honestly, the laws across the world definitely varies. So by being anonymized, by being extrajudicial and keeping their, and not having a known headquarters or home base, they, and using, you know, certain OPSEC, operational security measures, they are essentially, I wouldn't say above the law, but possibly outside the reach of the law, but they're trying to do everything transparent and above board, they've issued, they're in the middle of their ICO, I believe that started on June 27th. They had to split the ICO into two parts uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances in product development. And basically they t- came out openly talking about their growing pains. Roger, the CEO of Pink Date, has a post on Medium, linked below in the YouTube description, talking about how it's how it's been hard to work with an anonymous team or harder than expected. Um, how some companies will refuse you service because you're dealing with sex work or because you're an anonymized company. If something goes bad and wrong, there's no real recourse or governing body through which you can complain or seek justice. So that's been a consideration. And also just the learning curve of any startup, I definitely know what that learning curve looks like. I've been in this startup game for about two years myself. Cinema Draft, and there's always something that you didn't account for that you couldn't honestly foresee that comes up against you. So that was pretty cool. Also, uh, I believe something came out tonight from the actual CEO Pink Date. There it is, yeah. CEO Pink Date, Brad, Lessons Learned. That's also a really uh, interesting blog post. Talks about the differences of hiring with the an anonymized team, dealing with the ICO launch dates, the missed deadlines, which has sh- which has temporarily shaken some faith in the ICO community. But it's been really cool to see how investors, uh, somewhat like myself, who have kind of rallied around Pink Date, because we believe in in the mission. It's going to be I mean, this is going to be a very interesting experiment. Uh, it's, it's essentially a security token. They're pledging to to distribute 50% of profits uh, past a certain point to token holders. So, you know, you're looking at getting passive income as well as price appreciation in the token itself. Yeah, it's going to be pretty novel, and just things they're working on and lessons they've learned. It's it's an interesting post. So both those posts are on. Medium.com slash date. links are below. And then finally, Litecoin's buying a bank, y'all. They partnered up with TokenPay, uh, a payment processor, uh, to buy, I think, up to 18% or actually just under 20% of a German bank? There you go, WEG Bank AG. Uh, uh, as Coinbase says, a now and an until now obscure German financial institution, uh, and and basically, it's this could be the on ramp, y'all. This could definitely be what crypto is needed. So now, not only so now, they'll they'll make it easier to do things like having a crypto debit card, being able to buy crypto again with credit cards. Um, what else? You, oh, also creating probably the world's first fiat-to-crypto decentralized exchange, which I know is on deck for uh, for Litecoin's plans. This is really, I mean, it seems like it may not be that big of a deal, and, I, and part of this article is poo-pooing what could make, what could make this mention work or not. And honestly, I think it's a great idea. I think this could suddenly be you know the killer app, but it really does get crypto, you know, to the masses, because if there's any kind of adoption or interplay between the traditional fiat banking system and this bank run by you know crypto maximalists like Charlie Lee, who used to work, who used to be on the board of uh, Coinbase, he used to work at Coinbase, and of course he is the the founder or co-founder of Litecoin. He's he's an old head. He's been in this since what? 2011 maybe. So this could be a really big deal, you So definitely keep your eyes peeled on this. Litecoin getting to the banking system—it's really exciting, if you ask me. Uh, what else? Oh, and in the shill department. My first post with Black Enterprise it was posted on the eighth. I believe that was Sunday and basically it is a bit of a retread it is why it's never too late to buy bitcoin a version of this article came out on blacksandbitcoin.com in december 2017. made a few edits due to the recent environment and a few other things we've learned but still holds true still valid so check it out link also below in the description blackenterprise.com i will be posting there probably a few times a month so definitely check out what i have to say i will have different content on there than what's on Blacks in Bitcoin and after our 30, I think it's a 30 day exclusivity window, I will repost what I had from Black Enterprise onto Blacks in Bitcoin. Matter of fact, it's gonna work out for me this weekend. I got some articles right. Oh, also, make sure to check out, I believe we have video. Video. I believe we have a video of my appearance at the Black Enterprise Entrepreneur Summit. Where did it go? They had these actually a little more organized, but let's see. Oh. Here we go. Separating session four, Tales from the Crypt. Separating fact from fiction about cryptocurrency. This is me, Brian Brackeen, the founder of Kairos. Big shouts to him. Uh, We're trying to get him on the podcast for next week. Interview with him. He raised over 30 million for his, in in, in ICO for his facial recognition software based out of Miami, and also Daryl Hubbard, Chief Innovation Officer for a Blockchain, hosted by the lovely and talented Samara Lynn, one of our friends of the pod. So yeah, so, and you kind of have to look for it, but it is, it the whole session's here, the whole one-hour session, uh, blackenterprise.com slash videos, link also up in the description. So there you have it, y'all. I uh, try, try to keep it short for you. How can you support BlacksonBitcoin.com? Go to the site, click around, peruse, buy our swag. Click here for more at BlacksonBitcoin.com. We have great swag. Get you a snazzy Blackson Bitcoin t-shirt. BTC, yeah, you know me. And some other goodies that we have on our store. Also, set up with our link on Coinbase. Click this link right here for every for if you buy spend more than ten dollars worth in your first purchase, they will give you an extra ten dollars, and I'll get ten dollars each one. Each one. And also, feel free to tip in my Bitcoin tip jar link below in the description as well. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for allowing me to be late on it this week. We'll try to get these up on Thursdays from here on out. And if you love Bitcoin like I do, how if you hear me. Peace.